in your Bibles tonight to the book of Philemon. We are going to finish Philemon concerning these different Wednesday nights that I've had the privilege to be in here and to share with you. Uh, I condensed it down to four messages, so next time I'm in here, we will be on to something else. But but what a great book, I say, and what a needed book. The book is entirely about forgiveness. In every line, in every verse, God is moving and leading for forgiveness to take place. Philemon is not a church that is being written to. Philemon is a person. Philemon is a Christian. He's above the average Christian character. He's very spiritually mature. He's very established as a Christian. He is a fellow laborer of Paul. They are not together at the time of this writing. Paul is in prison. And, but Paul is writing this letter to his brother in Christ, Philemon. And it's about his servant Onesimus. Onesimus was the servant of Philemon. He took care of his estate, took care of all the farming on the land, even took part in raising the kids, raising the boys to be young men, and he did a lot of things. And then he abandoned Philemon. And as mature a Christian as Philemon is, that was a very devastating thing to have to endure and to deal with. And so Onesimus was the name of this servant. And as he abandoned Philemon, he comes across the Apostle Paul. And you might guess what the Apostle Paul talked to Philemon about. He talked to him about the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus saved Onesimus, I'm sorry, Onesimus' soul. And, and Paul knows the right thing to do is to send Onesimus back to Philemon, his master so that he can do what he will he could he could have a penalty charged up to even death for a servant abandoning his master but the holy spirit led paul to write to philemon that he might be gracious that he might grant forgiveness to him That he's coming back a different man. He's coming back a saved man. He was a lost man when he was with you before. But he's coming back a brother in Christ, not just a servant. What will Philemon do? As Paul is writing to him in an effort that he might forgive Onesimus. What will we do with people as we come across them in life and have dealings with people and... We are going to have people treat us wrong and talk to us wrong and and do things to us that can really hurt and change our lives in some ways. And the answer for you and I is to grant forgiveness as well. So let's keep that in mind. This is a letter to Philemon, but it's a model for you and I. So we are in verse 21. We are in the last five verses of this book. And we see a reputation for forgiveness in verse 21. Paul writes, Having confidence in thy obedience, I wrote unto thee, knowing that thou wilt also do more than I say. 
Now, as I mentioned, Philemon's Christian character above average, and he's really matured in the Lord. In the first seven verses, that was the first message that we shared. And Philemon is described in verse 1 as dearly beloved. He's also described as fellow laborer. And then you go down to verse 5, and he is known for his love and his faith to every single Christian, to all the saints. And then in verse 7, it speaks of the joy that he spreads and he uplifts others by his Christian life. And within this description of a child of God, this is what every child of God should be, but this is actually being practiced in the life of Philemon. And everything that Paul can can think of on reports of Philemon of what's currently going on and also what he is also known to be in the life of Philemon when he was with him. Everything about him says that there's a forgiving heart in there. There's a maturity in his spiritual life to where he can grant forgiveness. Paul was very confident that Philemon would forgive. The way that Paul views him and from his active Christianity Paul has a great hope that forgiveness will be granted to him instead of revenge. And remember how Paul has been writing to him. And he has not tried to force him to forgive Onesimus. He is hoping that forgiveness would freely flow out of his heart from his decision with the Lord that he might cancel the debt that is owed against him. A whole lot is being asked of Philemon here, but he did a whole lot in the Lord. He was much in the Lord. When we're much in the Lord, much is expected of us in the Lord. We become an example for others. And so it's not just about our decision and what we want to do about something. We affect our brothers and sisters in Christ in great ways. There were good expectations of Philemon by those in the church that was held, the church services was held in his house, the church of Colossae. And, and so everyone expected him to always be doing the right thing. There's no doubt that many looked to him for the decisions he made that they might mimic them in the Lord. Paul had great expectation that's, that he would do the right thing. So instead of forcing him, Paul is speaking in an encouraging way. It's encouraging when someone thinks of you and believes you're going to do the right thing. That says a lot about what they think of your character. That says a lot about your example to them. And, and so Paul is writing in a great hope and, and an expectation that he will forgive so much that he says, I wrote unto thee. You know, it's one thing when God lays something on our heart. It's another thing when we carried it out. And and the Holy Spirit moved Paul that he might write this letter. And the confidence Paul had in Philemon's spiritual maturity led him to easily, willingly submit to the Holy Spirit that he might write this letter. He says, knowing that thou wilt also do more than I say. The confidence Paul had in him not only led him to believe that he would forgive, but he would surpass forgiveness. Paul didn't believe that he would just forgive, but that he would go above and beyond that. What does he, what does he say there? He says, 
He says, knowing that thou wilt also do, do you see that? More than I say. Now we can imagine what the more might be. Forgiveness is the request that he would cancel the debt against Onesimus. But Paul believes that he's going to rejoice in Onesimus' salvation. What child of God cannot rejoice in the salvation of another person? He's going to rejoice in that. And not only that, he believes he's going to take him into the church, I'm sure. That's definitely the more. That not only is he going to go back to him, but he's going to take him in the church. They're going to baptize him, and he's going to be a member there of the church at Colossae. And not only that, but he may just reestablish him to his position as a servant, but not just a servant, a brother in Christ now. Someone that he can trust, knowing that he was unsaved before, even though he did a great job, there was always that something there of knowing he was dead in his sins and he wasn't born again of God and he wasn't a fellow brother in Christ. So Paul is expecting by Philemon and who he is that he's going to do even much more than forgive. He's going to rejoice in his salvation. What a great reputation Philemon has. And it gives Paul reason to believe he will go above and beyond just forgiveness. But as we're closing, we not only see a reputation for forgiveness, we see a real brother in Christ. Look at verse 22. He says, but withal, prepare me also a lodging. That word withal is telling us that Paul's saying, look, in the meantime, in the midst of all you're doing, in the midst of considering this, as Onesimus is on the way, I, 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 beat, I, I beat him there with the letter, and Onesimus is going to be on the way soon, and you're going to have some talks, and you're going to have some decisions to make in the Lord, and you're going to do one, or you're going to do the other. And, and, but in the meantime, get a guest room ready for me. I'm coming to see you. Check this out. He did not wait to find out what Philemon was going to do about Onesimus before writing that letter. He did it in advance. Right here, he says, prepare me a place to stay. Now, Paul probably has a great idea and he really believes and has a lot of hope that forgiveness is going to take place. But when it gets right down to it, sometimes Christians do, do not do what they should do. And Paul says, so Paul is saying, no matter what, only God knows what's going to happen here. So either way, I'm coming to see you. I'm coming to see you, Philemon, unconditionally. You're my brother in Christ, and I love you. And, and whether you, what all is in here in this with all is whether you forgive or whether you don't, I'm coming to spend time with you. I'm coming to love you and to be with you as my brother in Christ. He is a real, a real true Christian brother. It is unconditionally that he's coming to see him. Let's look in the second part of verse 22 at relying on his brother in Christ. For I trust that through your prayers, I shall be given unto you. The way Paul would not be able to go visit him is if he stayed in prison. If he stayed in chains and wasn't able to get away 
and to go. That's how he wouldn't go. But he says, I want to rely on your prayers, Philemon. Uh, you know, you know, granddaddy said he told some people, don't pray for me. Hey, I'm praying for you. Well, don't, well, don't do it. I don't know how you're going to pray. And he was very abrasive and come across that way with a lot of people. But there's a little bit of truth to that. You know, he was a little scared of how somebody might pray for him and God might answer that prayer in their way. And, you know, there's just you, you don't necessarily just ask everybody to pray for me. How, nothing wrong with saying, how are you going to pray for me? And and so he trusts his brother Philemon to pray for him. He is going to rely on his prayers that that God might move on his prayers, that he might be able to be released out of prison and be able to get to him to spend time with him. He is depending on he is valuing how Philemon will pray for him. Paul is asking Philemon to pray that he might be given unto him. Now, that word given usually means to bestow or to present. But here it means that Paul hopes to be delivered from prison to Philemon as a result of his prayer to God. Philemon's got to stop and say, wow, my brother in Christ really values my prayers for him. He wants me to pray for him that he might be delivered out of prison so he can come see me. Think about it. What has to be going through Philemon's mind is what's my brother Paul praying for? He is he is he's not forcing me to do anything by his authority as an apostle, but he is praying for me that I might deliver Onesimus out of punishment, that well, that God might deliver Onesimus out of punishment and that there might be forgiveness and he would use me to do that. He has got to be impacted now by what Paul, who he views very highly and thinks very much of, he's got to be impacted by how he is praying for him in return. And... And he's so he's so moved by what Paul's best interest is now. He's always known Paul to be wise in prayer and have the best interest at heart, not taking sides. Blessed are the peacemakers, not the ones who take sides against other people. But don't don't jump on somebody's side when you even if you see somebody in the church is clearly right and somebody's clearly wrong. Don't jump on sides that divides. We need to be peacemakers bringing all together. And that's what Paul did. He messed up with Mark that one time when Barnabas wanted to bring him. But for the most part, that's what Paul did. He was a peacemaker. And so so let us not take sides. Let us want the best outcome for every situation that involves whoever for God, because he because it's for God's glory. God loves all and he's no respecter of persons. We learn to be more like him the more we grow in him. Philemon has grown in the Lord. Paul was mature in the Lord. Paul says, I value your prayers. Philemon saying, wow, hello. He's praying for forgiveness. I must value his prayer. He has the best interest at heart for everyone involved. He's not on Onesimus' side and he's not on my side. He is on God's side of this. And he's praying that I'll forgive. Will he rely 
on the prayers of his brother in Christ? Will there be respect among brothers in Christ with Paul and those men that are there in the church with Philemon? Look at verse 23 and 24. He closes with, There salute thee, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, Marcus, Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, my fellow laborers. Now, Paul, in closing salutations, he does that a lot. He says, say hello to so-and-so and so-and-so for me. And encourage them in the Lord. And I'm, I'm thinking about them and I'm mentioning their names and I want you to tell them that. And he does the same thing here. But what meaning might we see in this as we understand this whole book is about Philemon forgiving. And what we're going to find in this is some very respectful brothers in Christ. I mean, these are some names here. He says, salute these men. To salute is a respectful greeting. And it's in a very affectionate hello that he's wanting him to express to them. And all of these men know Paul. And all of these men know Philemon. And all of these men know about what has taken place with Philemon and his estate and Onesimus leaving him. Because the church... Uh, held services in Philemon's house. So everyone not only knows about it, I'm sure everyone is very passionate about it. This is a real big deal and a real big prayer request that was going on in the church, I'm sure. So we have Epaphras. He is from Colossae with Philemon there, a fellow countryman and a Christian, and he has suffered before in being in prison for the gospel's sake. So look at what kind of men we're talking about here. Also in Colossians 4.10, that tells us that Aristarchus was also in prison for his boldness in Christ. And uh, he is mentioned with Marcus. And then Demas is a Christian that started out on fire for the Lord. He ended up backsliding and loving this present evil world. But at this time, that hadn't happened. And so he mentions this man who was a great servant in the Lord at the time. And then Lucas, who was so faithful, a doctor and an evangelist. And he journeyed with Paul on his missionary journeys uh, till the end. He was the most faithful one there. And so when Paul says, say hello to them, and he mentions these names, and Philemon can think in his mind, we all influence one another. I've, I've brought up the verse lately, just talking with people in the church about how we get together in fellowship. And I love that verse in Proverbs, iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. We just like iron gets rust on it and you beat it together and, and rub it together and that rust will come off and some tarnish will come off. And that's what happens when we get, we, we go out in the, we're not of the world, but we're in the world and we, we come back in here and we meet and we encourage and lift up one another. We follow each other's example. I, I don't believe in accountability partners per se, but it's like there's this natural accountability in the supernatural 
life. I don't believe that any of you want to let anyone else down in here. I don't think you want to make decisions hastily on your own that is really going to affect someone else in the church in a negative way. Uh, it, it makes us be so much more sensitive being the family of God that we make decisions that glorify God, that we seek the Lord in all we do and we turn from sin and we turn to righteousness and we make decisions that that will give God all the glory and it will be good. It will be spiritually healthy for everyone else in the church. Praise God that we're all a link in the church. And, you know, we, we can know how important we are because when one link breaks in a chain, look, look what happens to, to the rest of the church for a time. Everyone suffers when someone makes a decision that isn't glorifying to God. Well, I'm thankful for God's people. Somebody says you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Uh, you do to be a good one. I, I, I need church desperately. And I need all of you. And it's so good how we can have this, not that, not that we set it up as a program, but just an unspoken type of accountability where we can look at each other in the eyes, hug each other and love each other and know that we've been out doing what we should do for the Lord. And this is what Philemon has there in the church that is in his house. Um, and he's thinking about these spiritual decisions that he has to make and the disappointment that would take place among others. Mutual respect among brothers and sisters in Christ really assist us in making our decisions. We might even call one another and talk to one another about it. That's a good thing to do. Nothing wrong with that. Well, let's close with relief for every brother and sister in Christ. Verse 25, he says, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, Philemon. Amen. I have a preacher friend, and he made a decision a few years back to do something that I didn't know it would. I thought it might, and it ended up causing some problems, hindering him in the ministry. And it caused a big financial deficit in his life. And as I was talking to the Lord about him, the Lord didn't leave me to sit back and say to myself, well, I told him, told you so. He didn't leave me to do the I told you so dance or anything like that about it for him. But to pray for grace in his life, that God would be merciful to him, that God would restore him. You know, any of us, can be in that type of situation. Any of us can get, we need grace every day, but we might be in that special, unfortunate place that my preacher friend got into. And we should pray for mercy for all. Paul started this letter with grace, desiring grace upon Philemon and the church. And he closes with the desire that grace would come forth from Philemon's life to Onesimus and the whole situation involved. Grace that is greater than all our sins. And that leads us to forgive. 
Somebody put a, you know, I don't know what I think about some of these secular songs that people put a spiritual twist, change the words to spiritual words, but everyone's heard about Humpty Dumpty. Somebody changed the words up and said, Jesus Christ came to our wall. Jesus Christ died for our fall. So that regardless of death in spite of sin, through grace, He might put us all together again. And that is God's will. That is God's plan. That all be one in Christ. And Philemon's forgiveness of Onesimus is going to be the spiritual decision that he is to make. When we hold back forgiveness, it's going to hinder our spiritual life, ourselves. You know, and in the flesh, you kind of think it's unfair. But God just moves and moves on our heart that we might cancel that debt that we were holding, that we believe someone else needs to pay to us. It's going to hurt us. It's going to hurt us. And He wants us to let it go. To forgive is to offer the grace to others that we have received from the Lord Jesus Christ when He saved our soul and gave us a home in heaven. Okay? And I hope we might all refer to this letter. This is a, this is a, there's, there's power in every verse and every angle and any way you cut it that will give us no escape from forgiveness. God is leading us all to forgive. And for you and I to do that, we must be forgiven ourselves. And so, considering everyone that is in this sanctuary tonight, you would, you would, you would expect that maybe on a Wednesday night, uh, people say the core of the church means on Wednesday night, and you expect that everyone has been saved by Jesus, that they know all their sins are forgiven, that the guilt is gone, that they have trusted in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the power of the gospel, the dynamite of God's salvation. You would believe that everyone has been born from heaven, born of God, and has received the forgiveness of their sins. But if you can go on and on without forgiving, maybe it's because you can't be moved by a forgiveness within that God has given you. And you've never trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if that's you tonight, before we leave this building, we, we pray that you might gather together with brothers and sisters or even, or even on your own as we pray. Or maybe during this message, you've, you've seen your need to be forgiven by Jesus Christ and to trust Him as your Lord and Savior. Has your life changed? Because, because Jesus Christ is a, He's a transformer. He changes lives. He, he go, the weight of guilt and the darkness of sin is lifted and it's gone when you trust in Jesus and you know that you're saved and you're going to be moved to forgive others as He's forgiven you. Be saved tonight if you're not. Let us go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Um, Rick Morris, would you pray for us this evening? Father, Lord, we do come to you tonight. Dear God, Lord, we're so grateful for this church home and the chance to be in it. We thank you, Lord God, for guests that you've sent our way, and we just ask you to bless them. And Lord God, we 
we think of our, our salvation, Lord God, and we, we're so amazed that you loved us enough yeah, to send Lord. Jesus. And mm -hmm. So amazed that he loved us enough to come down and walk among us and to show us uh, the way of salvation and pay for the price of our salvation. And we thank you so much for the wooing of the Holy Spirit yes. and the use of the church to reach out to us as individuals at different times in our life and to draw us to you. You not only paid the price, but you drew us to you, dear God. And Lord, convicted us of our need of you and saved our souls and then gave us your church, gave us your word, gave us the Holy Spirit, and you've given us one another. And Lord God, you've just been so good to us, and we thank you and praise you for it. And ask you, Lord God, to empower us to go out to our neighbors, our friends, our co-workers, and Lord God, that we will be uh, witnesses for you, that we'll share the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord God, I thank you for the word that we've heard tonight. And Lord, uh, the realization this old world is uh, its a cruel place at times, and, and it'll be easy to get our feelings uh, hurt. But Lord God, we have received so much grace. Yes. Help us, dear God, Lord, to be pitiful in our hearts, to realize that others need you, Lord God, that some of the folks that have attacked us, we don't know what their walk is, dear God. We haven't walked maybe in their shoes. We don't know the things that they've experienced and what brought it out in them. But, Lord God, we know what we have been forgiven of. And I ask mm -hmm. you, Lord God, to give us the grace to, to move forward with uh, forgiveness in our heart. Yes. I ask you, Lord God, to be with the Iwana Clubs tonight. And, Lord God, that maybe a child will get saved tonight. Mm -hmm. Lord, if there's someone in here that doesn't know you as Savior, that, Lord, they just reach out to us, dear God. Let us share the word with them. Lord God, that they could accept your son, Jesus. And, Lord God, we pray for our pastor and Miss Bev. We pray, Lord God, for others that are on the prayer list, dear God. And, Lord, we pray for our services Sunday. We pray for the villas. And, Lord God, we just ask you to bless us. Only you can. Forgive us of our sins, and we'll thank you for it all in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Amen.